Hello everyone, God bless you. We're very glad that you are joining us today. I hope your week is going well so far and that you are paying attention to what God wants to do in your life and all around you. Yes, God is always at work as things are in motion and ever-changing. Most of the time we take so much for granted, but the truth is that the Lord is not only much at work in activity, but He's also trying to get your attention and trying to speak to you always. If you don't do so yet, try to spend at least just a few minutes a day in prayer and reading His Word. Allow for Him to speak to you. As you get more in tune with Him, you will start seeing through all of the activity of the day that He is very much at work, and that he is always trying to say something, to teach you something, or just to fill with peace your own personal space. God many times looks to be in the gentle whisper and in the stillness of things. We read of this in 1 Kings chapter 19 with Elijah where it says, Then he, speaking of the Lord, said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a still small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So, try to spend just a few moments a day trying to hear the Lord's still, small voice. I encourage you to do so often. And as always, please feel free to write to us through our website if you have any questions or just need some prayer. We would be happy to help. As part of today's sharing, we'll be looking into the problems that pride cause in us and how it does not allow for us to be open to God's instruction, to receiving godly wisdom, and as a result, how that can cause our overall downfall sooner or later. Pride is probably the most destructive of all sin, and we need to stay as far away from that as possible. But meanwhile, as part of today's prayer outlook, I would encourage you to continue praying for folks in the Bahamas and the different challenges they are going through as they find more and more bodies, along with the massive relief operations that are underway. I would encourage you to pray that not only for people to receive physical help, but even more importantly, that you pray so that many can come to have either strong relationships with Christ through this, and for those that have strayed away to come back to Jesus, and for those that don't know Christ, that they may come to have that personal relationship the Lord so earnestly seeks to have with every person. God's will is that He wants for every person to come to salvation through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise You and I worship You for Your goodness, for Your mercy, for Your Son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation that we have through Him. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O oh God, that you please forgive my sins and my wrongs. Heavenly Father, I need you every moment of my life. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, for, for the people in the Bahamas, Lord. Heavenly Father, Lord God, there, there's still so many things that are, that are wrong, that are still fresh, Lord God, that are still happening. Heavenly Father, I pray for the people that have lost loved ones. Heavenly Father, I pray for your comfort, pray for your peace. I pray, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, that if they don't know you, that they may come to know you, Lord God. 
Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all of the needs that are there. So many things that are necessary, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I pray, O oh God, that your provision may just may just get there very soon if it's not there already. Heavenly Father, I pray that you continue to put it in people's hearts to help, to help in a in a very tangible way, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I I pray, O oh Lord God, that in everything that your name may be glorified, Heavenly Father, and that people's lives may ultimately be changed, but but for change for the good, Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus now, O oh God, that you may guide us to your word, to your Holy Spirit, that you may speak to our hearts, to our minds, that you help us, O oh Lord, to have open hearts and minds. Help us, O oh Lord, to be ready to listen and to understand, O oh God, and give us the strength to do that which is necessary. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we'll be reading from Proverbs 13, and this is what we read. A wise son heeds his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. A man shall eat well by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the unfaithful feeds on violence. He who guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. A righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless, but wickedness overthrows the sinner. There is one who makes himself rich, yet has nothing, and one who makes himself poor, yet has great riches. The ransom of a man's life is his riches, but the poor does not hear rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoices, but the lamp of the wicked will be put out. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. He who despises the word will be destroyed, but he who fears the commandment will be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to turn away from the snares of death. Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Every prudent man acts with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful ambassador brings health. Poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. A desire accomplishes sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, and for lack of justice there is waste. He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. The righteous eats to the satisfying of his soul, but the stomach of the wicked shall be in want. As we started reading, we see that a wise son heeds his father's instruction, meaning that he or she listens, that they pay attention, that they take in what is being said to them. But we continue reading that the scoffer does not listen to rebuke. 
A scoffer is a person that only do they try to ignore what they are being told, but they feel that they know better, that they are above the one giving them advice. And they ultimately despise, reject, and dismiss God's wisdom as something that is useless or of no value to them. That is pride in its purest form. Do you know anyone like that? Do you know of anyone that treats the things of the Lord like a fairy tale, like a myth, or like something that has no resemblance of importance? Maybe they think that God and His Word is a bunch of irrelevant nonsense. Now you may be saying, that all sounds pretty bad, and, and that someone who treats God in that manner should not receive any mercy. And, and yes, sounds bad and harsh. But what happens with those that maybe don't come out and say it or treat so dismissively the Word of God? But rather, if God tells them to do something, they simply don't pay attention or just don't even attempt to do what God says to do. What if they selectively do what they want? What if they treat God's word like a menu and that they only want God's promises and blessings, but they don't want to obey God? You see, the problem is that pride manifests itself in many different ways. A scoffer is revealed ultimately by their actions, by how they act towards God and towards His Word. The moment a person is exposed to God's Word, where they are instructed to do things a certain way, and a person decides to do it a different way, that right there is a sign of pride. We can label it as weakness, as a flaw, or whatever we want to call it, but the truth is that when a person does not do things as they are told, then they are simply saying with their actions that they know better and that their way is better than God's way. So in essence, they are scoffing at God's instruction. See how that works? Isaiah chapter 14 tells us of Lucifer's pride. This was how Satan was once known before he was condemned. And this is one of the reasons why God cannot stand pride in our lives because it reminds him of the worst being in existence. When we exhibit pride, we remind him of Satan, which is not a good thing. It starts on verse 12 by telling us this, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning! How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations! For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. On the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High." Yet you shall be brought down the Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world a wilderness, and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? Satan is the prime example of pride. And this is what is used to detect pride, by seeing these very characteristics. For instance, in the passage we just read, talks to us about the five eyes of Satan, if you will. Here is where he said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. It's all about I, or me. Me, me, me. This is where you can see Satan's influence in the world system, in its society. They tell you to always think about yourself and what you want to achieve, your goals, to make yourself happy. The world is always telling us to think about ourselves. Do what you want to do. 
It's like a machine over and over and over pushing you towards selfishness and self-indulgence. That if you get married, it's to make you happy. That if you have children, it's to fulfill your goals and your dreams. That if you set out to have a career, it's to get what you want, to earn what you want to make. So your relationships all center around what you get out of them. You are the only one that can make yourself happy. Does all of that sound familiar? We can even get into false doctrines and the pride that Satan tries to infiltrate into the church right from the pulpit itself when preachers and teachers or motivational speakers, as some of them are called now, use Bible passages to support a me doctrine. And they subtly, or maybe not so subtly, teach you to use God to get what you want. The famous name it and claim it doctrine, for instance, which runs based on what you want, because that is what you're naming and claiming, the things you want. We can also get into these feel-good messages where people have made millions of dollars selling you books and podcasts, where again, they use scripture to support things that are pleasing to you, to push you towards what you want to achieve. So any message or teaching that has to do with feeding and enthroning your own ego and pushing for your will is a message from Satan himself and not inspired by the Holy Spirit, even though the Bible is used to substantiate it. We need to be careful. What we need to remember, and here is where wisdom emerges, is that godly knowledge centers on God and on His will, not on you and on your will and not on what you want. There is no selfishness or pride contained in wisdom. Remember that Jesus himself, being God, came to this earth to fulfill the Father's will, not his own will. Even when he saw that the cross and all of the suffering that came along with it was at hand, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed that his Father's will be done and not his. So if Jesus, being the Son of God and our prime example, never ever said for his will to be done, how can we ever even imagine that anything that comes from the Holy Spirit could ever support selfishness or feed our ego? It's impossible. Pride goes hand in hand with selfishness because pride is all about me. And that is what shows us true wisdom. Wisdom is doing what God teaches us to do, doing His will. That is the very foundation of godly wisdom and everything that is involved with it. Remember that we are taught the following, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That's the basis for all wisdom, fearing the Lord, acknowledging Him, listening to what He has to say, doing what He tells you to do. That's where it all starts and where everything centers. That is something that never changes nor should change in our lives. So does that mean that God doesn't care about us, about our needs and our good desires? Absolutely not. Everything in God has an order. The Lord taught us as it is written in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And the things He's referring to are our needs, not necessarily our wants. But our needs are what truly matter. If you read the passage in context, He promises that we will always have shelter, and clothing and food to eat. But if we follow the priority 
if we put our pride and selfish desires aside, if we put God first in everything, He will make everything else align and come in all by itself. And He can even surprise you by giving you even better and greater than you had ever wanted. I have to be honest like I always try to be. I thank God that He has not always answered my prayers the way I would have wanted them to be answered. Because when I was able to see the full picture, I realized that what I wanted was not necessarily the best or the greatest. And so I thank God for what He has given me because He gave me what I needed and what was better than what I had thought it would be. That's why I'm sharing what I'm sharing with you right now. In my own life, I've tried to put God first. And in the instances when I've been successful putting Him first, He has provided far beyond what I imagined. But also, don't do things in a way where you are utilizing God with the thought that if I do this for God, then He will give me that. That is pride because you are ultimately trying to somehow use God to get something that you want. Do you like for people to use you to give you affection so that they get what they want out of you? I don't think so. Then don't do it with God. See how dangerous pride is and how it can find ways to just lurk in? If you read through the passage and ultimately through the entire Bible, you will notice that every godly teaching and instruction revolves around God and that His will be done and that wherever evil and sin is shown, it is usually centered on pride and selfishness. This is what we need to keep in mind. That pride or selfishness sooner or later will cause your downfall if you don't subdue it through Jesus Christ. Sooner or later, if you let it control your life, it will control you and lead you towards your destruction and cause hurt and pain to those that surround you. Absolutely nothing good comes out of pride. There is no wisdom, no joy, no life nor anything good in pride. But if you do away with pride, if you listen to God, if you aim to do His will and to obey His instruction, you will gain His wisdom, which is what will ensure your spiritual well-being, a path of blessing while here on earth and blessing for those around you. And yes, God will give you the things you need and maybe even give you blessings that go above and beyond what you could have wanted or asked for if you don't intend to use Him. If you honestly and genuinely, without looking for anything in return, learn to love Him. Love is ultimately giving, not looking to receive anything. Godly wisdom is always centered on loving God first and second on loving your neighbor. As the Lord taught us, if we love God with everything we are first, and second, if we love our neighbors as ourselves, then we will have fulfilled what is written in His law and the prophets, everything that is written in the Word of God. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to understand the pride that we, that we have in our lives because we all have some measure, some form of pride. We all have something, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to know how to, how to deal with it through you because only through a relationship with you 
and allowing for your Holy Spirit to work in our lives is that we can truly deal with pride. Heavenly Father, help us, O Lord, to, to as, as the days go by, Lord God, as we look to walk with you, that we might be able to do away with our pride and selfishness, because selfishness is, is a part of pride. Help us, O Lord, to understand that we need to look first for you. Heavenly Father, help us to be sensitive to your word, to your ways. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to be open to what you want to do. Because when your will is done, then we come out winning so much more. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that when we put you first in our lives, when we put your purposes first, then everything else just falls into place. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that. Help us to acknowledge that. For we even saw it, Lord God, in, in your Son, Jesus Christ, that yes, he did endure incredible and painful things. And, and yes, he suffered the cross. But Lord, he gained so much more through them. He gained, Lord God, our salvation, our lives. Lord God, he he opened the passage to salvation through his own sacrifice so that we could get to you. And now also because of what he did, he now sits at the right hand of your throne. So Lord, we may go through difficult things, and but Heavenly Father, help us to understand that when we put you first, and whatever we may go through, in the long run, in the end, we will gain so much more. I give you thanks and I praise you. I pray, O oh Lord God, that you help us that our faith may grow in such a way that may just put out our pride and our selfishness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we continue studying God's Word. Please feel free to write to us through our website if you would like more information or just need some prayer. Our web address again is thelatterrain.org. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. May God bless you.